It is September the 8th. Uh, Jeff is not here, so I'm in the hot seat and I have a very special guest. Well, it's been a quiet week in the world of entertainment this week. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about. Have you heard about a film called Star Wars? We're going to talk about that and a lot more today on Meet the Movie Press. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talks. Meet the movie press. So, uh, Dimitri, have you heard about hey a hot new movie called uh, The Star Wars? The Star The Star Wars? The Star Wars. Uh, I think so. It's an independent film. I think it's going to yeah. be big. I, it I think be. it's going to be big. It could uh, be. Welcome hey. to the show. Uh, Dimitri, who how are, are you? you and how would we know you? Hey, folks. Well... Number one, thank you for having me. My name is Dimitri, a movie fans. I, I am a host uh, on the, the greatest movie dissection show ever called Anatomy of a Movie yeah. with Phil Zvitek and, and Marissa. They they allow me to sit next to them and we talk movies. You were part of our panel for Baby Driver. I was, yeah. So you yeah. know what that show's all about. And we really dive into movies a lot. Uh, we break them down from production, and we have fun. We we it's not a typical review show, so um, that's where you might see me. Check us out, Anatomy of a Movie. Today we're doing a special one. Which we, one? It's a Throwback Friday. We're going to do Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Man, so hopefully you got to see it on the big screen because that's all. That's what I'm talking about. Now let's talk about that first of all because sure. you saw it last week. Absolutely. I saw it last week. My wife had never seen. Close Encounters. Not even on, like, Blu-ray. Not even on TV, on cable, on Blu-ray, on DVD, on VHS. Just ever. She'd never seen the movie. And it was date night. So I took her to the AMC up at City Walk. And she was like, okay, we we could go and see other things. But I'm like, let's go and see this 40-year-old movie. 40. I know. Holy shit. How did that happen? I have no idea. Dude, where did 40 years go? Yeah. It's just, yeah, I'm old. Yeah, <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to the it's club. Just like Forty years that it's... I would be talking about Close Encounters, but that film feels as fresh today as it did the first day I saw it. The day, as I call it, when I had hair. <laughs> there was one day where I had hair. It's timeless. Seriously, I mean, tell me about your experience watching this for the first time in forty years. For the first time in 40 years for me, it was quite amazing. And it was the small stuff because I had seen it multiple times. Yeah. I own every version on Blu-ray. And it's such a special movie. Uh, and from, from a kid to an adult, as a kid, you 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 see it with this, with this bright-eyed, it's a thriller, it's a horror movie, but then it ends in this wonder and awe. And you're just, oh my, like the special effects and the story. And then when you're... As an adult, mm. I see this, and I still look at it more for the wonder and awe of it and how it was done and the spaceships and how beautiful it looks and the practical effects, what they were able to accomplish in camera mm-hmm. and put on a screen. And today, it doesn't look dated outside of like cars, maybe some of the costuming, but not the music. There's only one like there's a Boston the group Boston song mm. at the scene at McDonald's. That's the only thing. But nostalgia is so big today, and Boston is still played on the radio. It's timeless. Yeah. And thematically, I still think government cover-ups. 
that's what he based it on. It was Watergate. But we still, shouldn't we? It was the first movie of its kind to make us look up in the sky and wonder and not fear. And I know that we've sort of kind of gone back to that disaster movie yeah. kind of mentality. But I still love to look up at the sky and wonder. And is that the ISSS satellite going by? I, I love that sort of thing. And for science speculation, it's just amazing Like if that could happen. And then to know that later on in years he did E.T., which clearly was born of yeah. doing Close Encounters. You just go, its place in film history is very important, and it's timely. Well, in the chat, um, film nerd Jamie is saying that Close Encounters has kind of become a lost Spielberg blockbuster, <clears throat> and it, I think it has. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you talk about E.T., and right. we, we talk about many, many, you know, many of Spielberg's films, but I forgot how... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good this movie is it's a great movie and you talk about things you know feeling a bit dated and the special effects now being in the world that we are you know things have got upgraded but very few films i watch and they still have the effects have the impact Mm -hmm. and the awe and the wonder and the little hairs (laughs) I, i have hairs on the back of my neck not on my head but on the back of my neck um they stand up yeah we don't get that yeah. very often these well, days. No, and think about this for a second. There have been three versions of the film. Mm. The one thing that has never been retouched, really, are the special effects. Mm. They didn't They didn't George Lucas special edition it and add digital photography. And we're looking at, there's still the same practical, the big mothership. 100%. And, and sound-wise... It's amazing. Seriously, when I, I it was we went to the, the the theater that we were in was like fifty five seater, and so it was very intimate. It was very small. We had you know the big like you know fold out seats and stuff, and it was lovely. I was worried about I might fall asleep, but I was fine because I'm kind of old. Um, so I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> luckily I had my pants on, which was fine, um, which is usually a guarantee that I won't fall asleep. But That's it was a visual. Literally, it was just it surrounded me, and it's very rare that. You get a film that envelops you. Yeah. 100%. 40 years old. Yeah. And and who's the gentleman, again, who commented about it? Was it was Phil being... Jamie. Okay. Um, thank you very much. Uh, since you say it's a, like a lost Steven Spielberg blockbuster, mm. I just want to put certain things into perspective about, sure. <laughs> about this. The movie, its widest release, its widest release... Was six hundred and fifty theaters, six hundred and fifty locations, and again, this really? is in a time when they were doubling up. So, in the seventy-seven, remember that other little movie, Star Wars? Yeah, the also, Star Wars. Yeah. I've heard of that film. Yeah, also opened up uh, that summer, and again, this wasn't a time period where they were doubling up prints, and you didn't have multiplexes. No. So I think like the biggest you might have had was up to six, mm. maybe eight. Yeah. So 650 theaters, 
That's probably that's so that's 650 prints in the US and it grossed its domestic lifetime gross is 134 million dollars on 650 theaters. So it's yeah, which is That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. When you think about like today you're you're looking at releases onwards and upwards of 4,000. Yeah. Print locations, 4,000. Close Encounters, 650. So, it's, to just, me, it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely it's crazy. crazy. And when you can see it on the big screen, if you had the opportunity, it's just it's just a wonder to behold again. And I've seen it on TV, and I have a good-sized TV, good yeah. sound system. It's not quite the same, though. Nay, nay. I mean, I, I have several movies, and I'm still a hard-format kind of guy. Me too. You know, I, I, I love Netflix. I love Amazon. You know, it's great. But you just cannot beat... Sticking a Blu-ray in, getting that sound, watching the extras. You just can't beat... I mean, maybe I'm an old guy. You know, that's fine. But you just cannot beat that experience. I like the tangibility Mm. as well. And I I still... I'm a guy who will watch the bonus features. I'll watch gag reels. I'll watch the making ofs. Um, They've gotten smaller in the day. But if you have Close Encounters... If you have the, I think it was the 35th anniversary edition, mm. which it's a really nice box yeah, on yeah. Blu-ray. They have an amazing documentary uh, on the making of uh, that's so behind the scenes. It's about an hour and a half, almost two hours long. Yeah, um, It's fantastic. And apparently this 4K version that's coming out is also going to have some, some more additional things. But that to me is, even as a kid growing up, I wanted to know... Okay, how did they do it? Not because I wanted the magic ruined. For me, it enhanced the magic. Yeah. So to hear that the mothership cost, you know, weighed about 200 pounds. And again, this is stuff, watching Anatomy of a Movie, because we're going to go into it more. Yeah, exactly. Watching my, I have my sound bar <laughs> pen right there. You know, even even constructing the notes. Yeah. When, when score really meant something, and score would make pop radio. Mm-hmm. It would make it onto the radio. Uh, it's it's days you know getting Francois Truffaut to get into this, which was his only American acting gig where he wasn't directing a film. Period. Well, I didn't realize that Lance Henriksen was in it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was with, like, I was like, hair, uh, uh, towards the end, I was like, is that is that Lance Henriksen? And then his name came up with the credits. I'm like, I never realized that he was in that movie, and he had a clear face it yeah craggly yeah. yeah it was just it was incredible if you get the chance it was only out in theaters for one week but if you get the chance today to go and see close encounters 100 yeah. go and see it absolutely seriously um so so let's talk about this week yes uh there's been a little bit a little bit of news a little bit of news a lot of news a little bit of news uh okay let's start with Gavin O'Connor. Sure. Um, gonna direct Suicide Squad 2. Sure. Back in the Habit. Right. Which I think... <laughs> Back in I, the... I, I can't confirm that's what Warner Brothers are going to call it. I'm just assuming that. I think that was Sister Act. Yeah, I, right? yeah. Well, I mean, they can maybe redo that. Uh, I think Whoopi Goldberg is going to be in this. Uh, to, to be honest with you, if they stuck Whoopi in this, it wouldn't be as bad as the first film. So, Gavin O'Connor... <laughs> He can only go up. Yeah. You know, I mean, he can only elevate the series uh, as far as I'm concerned mm. because the first movie was garbage to me. 
I know it's a DC movie and there are DC diehards, but you got to admit, like if you, at the very least, just say it's call it a guilty pleasure for yourself, and mm. I'll be okay. I have my guilty pleasures of sucky movies too. Yeah, but this was to me a sucky movie. It was so bad that, and you can only go up from there. He's a talented, he's a gifted director. Yeah, very uh, much so. I, I would like to know if he's gonna have any input in writing. Uh, because that could elevate things too. Um, but we're almost, you know, we're going to have Joker and Holly Quinn, I'm assuming, in it again. And then we get the Joker movie, then we get the origin story. And Joker. Mm. A little bit too much Joker for my taste, I think, going on. But Gavin can only elevate the series. And well, it could be that rare instance where the sequel is better than the original. I, I don't think that's going to be hard, to be honest with you. I mean, Suicide Squad, I was very disappointed with as a movie. Me too. But I did enjoy it. Um, you know, it was not a great movie. There were elements of it that I did genuinely enjoy. I just wish that, and it was kind of the way the film was portrayed, was having more Joker, more Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. If it becomes that film where they become a dominant pairing, I would be okay with that. My problem with Gavin is the fact that some of the films he's done, his third act mm-hmm. can suffer. A little. A little bit. Yeah. And so I would rather have someone who is, I mean, he's doing the movie, right. but someone who is more consistent. I would rather bring down the first and second act and have the third act more consistent than have someone where the first and second act are up here mm-hmm. and the third act is kind of below that. Yeah, I mean, I'll have faith because he's a visually, he's a good storyteller. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So he gets character. It, he does. Which is a big problem with Suicide Squad because a lot of the characters were on the screen, but they just didn't. They were just so dopey. They weren't full. No. They weren't no. full characters. And if they pare it down, maybe a little... I don't know what they're going to do, but they can only go up. And if they go down, then, then then forget it. DC has, let's be honest, they have an issue. Mm. Outside of Wonder Woman, yeah. which which was their best Marvel movie, okay? They, they're, they're listless. I, you know, I keep on watching it again. I'll probably get jumped on, but that Justice League trailer... The trailer to me looks... It just looks awful and i know they're trying to throw like they're more wonder woman more wonder woman because Mm. of the success of the movie but she ain't gonna save it i'm sorry no like and you can't it's unfair for wonder woman gal gadot to save that movie you know i know they've had issues and and Zack snyder suffered a a great tragedy and loss Mm. so that i i feel and it was you know that joss whedon was able to come in and and he'll do respect to, to Zack, i'm sure but even with that, it still looks like a mess. So DC has a problem. They they need to really settle down and get more of a roadmap yeah. to do stuff. And, and forget about all this strife about Ben Affleck. They, they don't need that. Do you know what? I don't, I don't think the movie-going public care that much about the stuff that we, we care about within the industry. <laughs> sure. I think sometimes we do live in an element of a bubble where... You know, we lose our shit over stuff. Right. And we get excited about stuff. But not what I call normal people, they they don't care. Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny. I was talking to friends um, online this week who were like, when's it coming out? Right. And this is a film that you and I have been like, and many, many other people have been sure. ramping up for like months and months and months. But normal people, guy on the street, they don't know. They don't 
consume what we consume in the same way. But to your point, though, I'm gonna say, those people who asked you about it, it's on their radar. Yeah, and that says something about the marketing of a horror movie. Um, and you're right, there are. But I always like in Anatomy of a Movie too. It, it's it's a show about movie fans because mm. we're all you were on it right yeah. you're a big fan right 100 percent. and we're for movie fans yeah and i think your show too is for like the people who come under the show they are looking forward to the news and for the discussion because that's one thing that us movie lovers love is the discussion of movies and as a fan you're right the normal going public doesn't care but yeah. the people who might be writing they care they have an opinion. Mm-hmm. They like or dislike or do this, and they want to know the news. They they want to talk about Star Wars or Suicide Squad too, and yeah. they know who Gavin O'Connor is. Your audience, your audience is up, is into that. They get it, yeah. And that's what makes talking about movies like so much fun. And it's it's like when the people who talk about football, which I just like, oh, good God. I've heard of the football. It's like, yeah, it's like, I, I, hey, look, I'm a Patriots fan. Yeah. Right now they have the worst record uh, in, in the NFL. But, you know, to hear all the analysis after and the analysis beforehand, well, that's what we do for movies. Yeah. But because we love it. And the people who watch us, it's because they love it. And you, we're lucky people to get that, to talk about this. Dude, every single day I realise how lucky I am. Uh, let's talk about the chat. Um, sure. Uh, Zayas Luwop says, uh, Suicide Squad may be mad because I love those Batman villains. Um, agreed, outside of Wonder Woman, they are struggling. I, I think that's an undeniable fact. Yeah. Um, uh, T. Grambo says, agree, Wonder Woman, uh, not going to save Justice League. Uh, Zayas again saying, yeah, uh, they ought to use Wonder Woman as a guidebook. Uh, <laughs> Zeno Aras saying, yeah, they, they should, 100%. Absolutely. Um, I mean that had that had everything that a that a DC movie should be, mm-hmm. and full characters, absolutely, it was and almost, a good and a good fucking story. Yeah, it's almost like they they let's you look know? at a Marvel movie. How do they do? Like, why are they so good? Well, let's 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 dissect. It has it. a beginning and a middle and an end. <laughs> and, and characters. That there I care you go. About. Yeah, <laughs> and a little bit of humor and 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 good acting. It, it, ultimately, it's still a superhero movie. Yeah, but at this point. These, like they got to make them just entertaining, yeah. You know, and there's got to be some story because Wonder Woman is an origin story, mm. and we've seen like a ton of origin stories, but it was done well. It was done with flair, and the people who were in it and people who contributed and were part of that process actually cared. Yeah, and and it was the first movie that looked like a Marvel movie, and I was like, kudos. Well, uh, Zeno Arrow is saying the only uh, the one thing that he hates um, the most in uh, film news commentary is declaring a movie is good, bad, or a mess, etc., before actually seeing it. One hundred percent accurate. However, you can get a feeling for a movie mm-hmm. before you see it, and I hold my hands up one hundred percent. I thought Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be a horrible, horrible idea. I thought. It was going to be a disaster from production right through to audience mm. anticipation. I was 100% wrong. It's one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time. I loved it as a, as a movie and as a Marvel movie. Right. 100% hold my hands up. I was wrong with that one. But sometimes you can tell. You can. If something is not going to be right. the money. Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry, who is the pr- that person? Uh, Zeno Hour. Because Zeno Hour, you do. You, you, you bring up a really good point 
Um, but Xenar, you go to the movies a lot, I'm going to assume, right? Because you're watching the mm -hmm. show. I know you go to the movies a lot. So when you see a trailer um, for any movie, right? And the first trailer comes out and you sort of kind of, you look at it and you go, all right, might look cool. Don't really know what it's about, but it's a teaser. So you forgive it. Yep. But then when they come up with the second trailer, that's like almost three minutes long and you're still not any more educated than you were the teaser trailer. Yeah. That's sort of kind of an issue. Like that's sort of a problem and you're right, but I'm going into justice league going, well, this sort of kind of looks like a mess. Even with Batman versus Superman, I knew watching the trailers, I had an idea as to what's going on and that they were introducing Wonder Woman, that yeah. we had Doomsday, we had Lex Luthor, but I had an idea. Justice League, I have no idea. And the same with the Suicide Squad trailer. Yeah. Prior to that movie, okay, these are bad guys. What the hell's going on here? So when the marketing department can't piece together a trailer that has a through line to tell me real, sort of kind of what this movie's about. Yeah. If they can't piece together something, then there's a problem somewhere. Well, right now, my biggest problem with, with Justice League is the fact that it seems like a fucking mixer <laughs> with 20 minutes of ass-kicking mm -hmm. shoved on the end. Yeah. That's my biggest problem. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a mingle. It's a get-together. Right. It's like superhero fucking bumble. Right. And if the movie ends up being good, yeah. then I'll be the first Great. one to say... Oh my God! Yeah. Thank you. you okay, you made a good movie. One hundred percent. You mucked up the marketing. Yeah. You tricked me in the marketing. But if the movie ends up being good, I'll say, you know, I went into this with a very low expectation, and you know what? They raised the bar. They did a good job, and you know, and I'm kudos. But I, I, I trust Gavin to for, to for, to have direction, sure. to have character. Yeah. In this movie, I agree. Uh, let's talk about another. Sure. The Star Wars. Sure. Let's talk about that. Uh, big news this week. Um, obviously, Colin um, was going to direct uh, yeah. Star Wars. Let me get the episode right. Episode nine. Yes. Episode nine. I, as a kid, three was like a big deal. Three <laughs> Star Wars movies. Now right. we're at nine. Not only does that make me feel old, but it also makes me feel kind of excited. Yeah. So uh, Colin's off the project. Um, people crazy. are saying that Ryan Johnson may replace him. Ryan's not kind of come out either way. Right. Um, for me, it wasn't a big surprise when Colin got ditched. I, from my point of view, from what I know from inside the Lucasfilm camp and from inside the Disney camp, I think Solo has given them a little bit of a wake-up call. I think they rested very happily on Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. I think they rested very happily on Rogue One, which turned out very well for them. A and lot of they people had problems. They and do. They, had a lot they of problems do have that. problems they inside. They had problems with that, and I think yeah. that those problems were a wake-up call, mm. as you would say, to them yeah. about Rogue One. Because if anybody who's watched Anatomy knows, I have major problems with Rogue One. But I believe that from a direction standpoint, it just seems that. They're having a hard time getting on the same page with those creative execs or maybe with Kathleen Kennedy or mm. with, again, it's it's the idea of mapping things out. And for Han Solo, who's a beloved character, it, it's weird because you got to make the movie good. Because A, we know he's not going to die mm. in this movie. Yeah. Because he hasn't met our, our, our heroes. Right? Sure. So how do you make it exciting? Yeah. Right. And then what are you going to do? And how are you going to do this? And I remember I read the the, um, 
the last name of the author is Daly. Um, but he wrote a trilogy of Han Solo books, like Han Solo's at Star, Han yeah. Solo at Star's End. And as a kid, I loved those books because it was more Star Wars for mm. me. And they were fun books. I just don't know what they're going to do here. And then when you have uh, those two who got fired, you go, but they're 90% done filming. Yeah. What are you going to do? Like, you didn't know you had a problem. And then so... With that, that should have been an alarm bell. But with Colin Trevorrow, for me, it sort of was a, a shock because he comes from that Spielberg. He's cut from that cloth. Mm. And he sort of has that Spielberg, J.J. Abrams sensibility. Yeah, I just want to know, so. what was it? What specifically well, was it? It's that really interesting was... because if you look at his filmography, um, his first film was an indie film. Yeah. which hit, which did very well. Yeah, five people saw it. I own it on Blu-ray. It's, it's a, a great movie. movie. I remember it's interviewing him I... in London. It, it was a, a PR company hired like a random dude with a camera. We did it in the attic of a PR office in Kentish Town. Seriously, it was it was the lowest rent junket I've ever done <laughs> in 20 years awesome. as a journalist. It's great. I was like, is this, is this going to be a porno? It was like, ah, this is just like a dude with a camera in an attic. Am I going to die here? Safety not guaranteed. Yeah, and it was, but it was, it was, it was, it was, you know, great interview. And I knew Colin was going to do great things from that. Then he did Jurassic World, right? Which you know is maligned as a film, sure, but we can't deny it did big box office, right? But then he goes from that Book of Henry, right. Which got torn a new one yes. this year. Not a great movie. I I think it was unfairly harshly judged. Mm-hmm. It was heavily flawed, but not a terrible movie. I've seen far worse this yeah. year. And then it was Star Wars. Right. Uh, so out of three movies that he's put out, yeah. one did well because it was a low budget, low, low risk movie. Yeah. You know, critics loved it. One was a big Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm. Book of Henry, not a good thing, and Star Wars. So his his graph as a director is not a good one. But he was pretty far along in this process. And as you talk about Solo, again, 90% done. Yeah. Are they circling the wagons? Are they concerned? How much of a reset does this need? Or is it just going like, we've been pretty hands-off. We need to be a bit more hands-on. We need to kind of make sure the babysitter... Is taking well, care of the baby. Yeah, and, and again, when you say it's episode nine, mm. this is to be the final story mm. with our beloved Luke, Leia, mm-hmm. Han, yeah. you know, R2, C3PO. And this is supposed to lead into, you know, Daisy Ridley um, and such. But this is supposed to cap off. Yeah. Because George Lucas, I mean, your Star Wars fans, you already know, he had a nine part, like, mm-hmm. space opera. So this is the ninth. This this is to be the last for the Luke Skywalker story. Yeah. So it's important. It's important that you get it right, I, I believe. And everything that I've been hearing regarding Last Jedi and Rian Johnson is that he gets it. He yep. wrote an amazing script. People are, you know, the cast and crew are saying, oh, he's fantastic. Which, okay, I get it until, you know. I don't doubt that it's going to be a good movie. Mm. I don't. Um, I'm a big fan of Force Awakens. I, I was very happy. And, and J.J. did some things that, that, that harken back to the original, and I appreciate that. I thought he was going to come back and do Nine. Yeah. Um, which would make sense You're for him. You're not alone in that. A lot of people cap, did think. Cap yeah. it off. Um, you know, if, if Johnson comes to, to do 
the last episode, episode nine. Yeah. Look, if there's a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like a through line from Last Jedi into episode nine, whatever they call it, he would seem to be logical. Mm. You know, why get different directors? But then again, our original trilogy, Lucas, um, Kirshner, Marquand. So we had three different directors for that original trilogy. Mm. Maybe that's what they're thinking going here. But Colin, at least, you do get the sense, whether you like Jurassic World or not, mm. he was very, from a visual standpoint, like he could film an action scene. Yeah, yeah. He could make it look good. So it made sense to me since he was in the J.J. Abrams and Steven Spielberg picked him for, you know, for, for Jurassic World. I'm a little bit shocked. I, I just want to know exactly what was it about his sensibilities that Kathleen Kennedy or somebody said, no, no, it's not, it's not. Not gelling in this. It's not quite happening. Yeah, I, I don't know. So okay, for me, let, it was a little bit of a shock. Let's take a pause. Dimitri, if yeah. you want to follow you on Twitter, where can they find you? At DMovies1701. Okay. So I couldn't get BMovie. So I just took the first initial of my name. Yeah. And a DMovie is much lower than a BMovie. Okay. And that's when I'm here. Yeah, hey, I'm a DMovie. Okay. And 1701, uh, that's a Star Trek reference because I'm a big Star Trek fan. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. In fact, by the way, I do love your um, your picture on your Twitter profile, <laughs> which is you as an action figure. It's, it's me as an action figure. How that did that I happen? It was at Comic-Con. Right. And they, they were doing 3D models. Sure. Little 3D things. And they had one of Star Trek Spock. And I was like, I, I had to do it. So I took 15, 20 minutes. They took a picture of me, and then they sent me an action figure. It's the, it's the best thing ever. Dude, that's it's, awesome. It's, and it's my ugly face <laughs> on an action not, figure. Not <laughs> ugly, awesome. undiscovered. It's great. I prefer I hope, to refer yeah, to it as. Uh, okay, let's, let's very quickly, in, in the middle of the show, sure. let's rattle through a couple of um, yeah. sort of smaller stories from the week before we get sure. some of the, the, the big stuff again. Um, Found out this week the Terminator 2 3D is going to close at Universal Studios Orlando. Already closed here in LA. Um, it was replaced by the Minions, um, the Minions the ride. 3D, right. Yeah. Um, I was in Orlando recently and I didn't do this ride. I was like, yeah. I think it's going to be here for like ever. I'm, it's dated, but I'm kind of sad yeah. that that's going. Me too. I'm, I'm sad that it's gone over here. I mean, yeah. from a business standpoint, I guess I understand minions are so popular. Mm. Again, the time in which it came out, Cameron was so involved. Yeah. Like, he's so involved with all of his stuff. Like, you know, you have uh, Avatar mm. Land, right? He's so involved with this. And when he filmed this in 3D, you know. With Arnie. With Arnold. With Ed yep, Furlong. Yep. And, and they, they filmed it with his special effects. Uh-huh. And it looked great. It was just a great sort of continuation ride of this, and it gave you a little more backstory into the Terminator thing, and it was just fun. Uh, I was talking to somebody who actually played the, you know, isn't that special? The the actress. Oh, the lady who introduces. Yeah, welcome to Cyberdyne Systems. Yeah. Very nice. She has a catchphrase. Yeah. And I was like, that's so funny. It's it's so sad that it's closing down. And I'm assuming, what are they going to replace it with? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. But it's it's really funny. I always considered that to be the sequel to Terminator 2. Sure. Because as much as I love the Terminator franchise, the other films have been dog shit. Yeah. Nothing, nothing has matched Terminator 2. No. 
I mean, Terminator, amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Terminator 2, amazing movie. Better than Terminator 2? I uh, Better than Terminator? I, th- I think so. I think argue. so. Three, four, Genesis, not good movies. This, to me, and I kind of feel like it's like taking the franchise, dipping it into that molten metal <laughs> right. at the end of the movie, and we're just going to get the theme park thumbs up. Yeah. And I'm I'm sad. Yeah, about I'm that. sad too because you know Universal too has done at least out here in Hollywood. Yeah, they've gotten this will be the third ride that they've deep sixed. Mm. Um, the first one for me because I always had it in my heart. I was a big fan of the ET ride. There, I said oh, it. I love that. I love the ET. My ride. wife had never done that. I took her on yeah. the ET ride. That's not a euphemism, by the way. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I took my wife on the ET ride right. for the first time a couple of weeks ago. She'd never done it. It's cheesy. Yeah. As cheese. Yeah. But, but, but dude, I love you're that. You're on the bikes and you go through the forest. I mean, the, the shitty animatronics, yeah. in like the mannequins. It is, and the, the terrible planet. But I love but, it. Yeah, me too. You can't beat that. Yeah. And you really can't beat that. Out here, they replaced it with the mummy roller coaster, which is fine. Yeah. And then they, you know, then they did the other one. They got rid of Back to the Future. Mm. Like, which I, I mean, I love Universal and I have a great relationship with Universal. Yeah. I will never forgive Universal for replacing Back to the Future with The Simpsons. I I go on that ride, I close my eyes, and I pretend I'm riding Back to, back the, to yeah. the Future. Hey, I mean, it's exactly the same movement. It's exactly, exactly the same. The same. It's just a different visual. It's like, you know, Gus Van Sant's Back to the Future. Right. <laughs> you know, it's shot for shot, exactly the same ride. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I, I miss Back to the Future. Yeah. I, I do. And again, nothing against The Simpsons, but mm. Back to the Future ride, you're in a DeLorean, it's dark brown, and again, you can say it's cheesy or whatever, but the visuals were fun, it's Zemeckis, and the whole crew was pretty much on board and doing that, yeah. and it was a, a nice little interstitial that was a lot of fun and now they're you know they've gotten rid of t2 up here a long time ago yeah um you know and the minions is is fine i get it i just miss i I just miss t2 because of its advancement of theme park rides Mm -hmm. and its use of 3d it was one of the first to really immerse you in a good 3d world and have the seat move and do whatever it was just fun Mm. it was it was a good time things change and Sometimes, gotta, yep. not for the better, Dimitri. Yeah, I agree with you. I okay, let's you. let's rip through from sure. uh, some other stuff very quickly. Yep. Uh, Bad Boys for Life isn't dead, according to Jerry Bookheimer. Should it be? Look, I I I I I'm not a I'm I'm sort of a Michael Bay fan. I'm not going to say I'm a Michael Bay apologist, <laughs> but you know when I when I saw Bad Boys. Mm. Uh, and I believe that was his first movie out of it, like his theatrical. His, yeah. You know, and he's a very visual director. Look, the pairing of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, and then, of course, Tio Leone. Hello. Bad Boys is a funny movie. It's a great movie. It's a funny movie. And, and Michael Bay's visual, like, he's a visual good action director. You know, Bad Boys 2 is a little bit long for us. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Will Smith and Martin Lawrence together in those roles, mm. but you got to make it work. Do you know what? I just want to see Will Smith in a good fucking movie. Well, there you go. Do you know what? I just, I love Will Smith. Yeah. I've worked with Will a number of times. I just want to see him in a good movie. And I wouldn't mind him in a comedy. Yeah. 
You know, because he's Dude, funny. Good, he hasn't done a good drama in like 10 years. But that's all he's been doing outside of like Suicide Squad. I just, I wouldn't mind seeing But nobody's him seeing a, the movies. Nobody's making them and nobody cares. I know. Uh, film nerd Jamie is saying the Back to the Future ride will come back just like Captain EO did. <laughs> well, I, you know, I hope you're right. With, I hope you're right. With, with less pedophiles. But, but, um, but, but the only difference between Captain EO and Back to the Future is yeah. that they would have to change. They would have to put those DeLorean cars back in. And that mm. could be a... The, I mean, the, the Captain EO, it's just a theater. Yeah. And you're just changing the movie. But it was fun to see Captain EO. I, 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 went, I went to Florida to, to <laughs> when, they, when they brought that back just to see it. I mean, yeah. whatever you think about Michael Jackson, <laughs> you know... Not a normal guy. No. Um, Captain EO is amazing. My one big Michael Jackson regret is the fact that Ghosts sure. never got a big screen release. It was a short movie he made. Seriously, I would go and see a. I would go and see Moonwalker uh-huh. with some of the shorts doing that beforehand. I would love to see Thriller. I'd see yeah. Bad. I'd see Captain EO, and I'd yeah. see Ghosts, and yeah. then I'd watch Moonwalker sure. because Michael Jackson was a fuck up. There's no disputing no, that. Right. No disputing that. But creatively, he is one of the greatest cinematic minds and, that we lost. It never realized. And, and think about and too, much maligned. And think about though too, when Captain Neo. Think about the people that he worked with. Mm. Okay, Coppola, Lucas, Scorsese, John Landis. Yeah. Like again, this is. And these people had already been established as filmmakers. Yeah, they didn't need Michael Jackson. Yeah, it wasn't like they were, like Michael Bay, cutting their teeth doing music videos. Yeah, yeah. These were already filmmakers who had had a modicum of success. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, John Landis, uh, yeah, I'll do Thriller. Sure, we'll do this together. Martin Scorsese. like I mean, to to work with him, again, it's, it's a time that, is gone by yeah. that we're not going to see again, I think. So, uh, there you go. Indiana Jones 5 is going <laughs> to return in 2020 sure. without Shia LaBeouf's mutt. Fine. Not a euphemism. Um, no big loss. Nah, I don't think so. I mean, uh, uh, Crystal Skull is not a great movie. No. Many, many flaws. Sure. I think one of the biggest flaws in that movie was Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I mean, he's not a favourite character i understood what they were doing with it people forget he was in that movie yeah i mean i am sort of a crystal skull apologist like there are many flaws in that movie Mm -hmm. but i can point out there are many flaws in temple of doom as well but i think with number one i think the main reason he's not going to be in the movie is because he shot his mouth off and he went off the loony bin like he just went off the rails and why would you like it's of i think it's more of his own doing and then when you add that people didn't really like that character, look at if they can bring Karen Allen back, mm. <laughs> and if Harrison Ford can still play the role, go for it. I don't need. But here's the thing: I don't need to see a torch passing movie. No, like, and that's what I think they were trying to do with Crystal Skull. Just end it. Yeah. Uh, Last One more, Crusade. No more. Ended it perfectly. Yeah. He took. He drank the thing. He's gonna live. For, he rides off into the sunset with his dad. Yeah, and saw and uh, saw. I, I'm like, 
that that was a perfect ending. You give me, you're gonna give me more Indiana Jones. I'm gonna go. Just end it. Just end it gracefully mm-hmm. and make it an apology. Just Last Crusade, Spielberg says, was more or less for an apology for Temple of Doom. Make this. An I apology. love Temple of Doom. It's a fun movie. I will never yeah. apologize for that but movie. You, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Yeah. He says, I did this to end this, right? If you're going to do this, do it as an apology for Crystal Skull. Do it right. Get the story right. And just end it. I'm going to ask, can we get, can we get a bit more time on the show? We've we got a lot more to cover. Is that okay? Uh, yeah, I'll try to give you like five minutes. Ten okay, minutes. cool. Five minutes is great. Thank All you. Right. Uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest <laughs> uh, prequel headed to Netflix. Right. Nurse Ratchet. Um, <laughs> That's going to be I, tough. I, I, that... don't, I, don't, I don't know. What are the I'm most not sure about characters? that. Like, do I need a prequel to know like why she became so mixed? Uh, yeah, I'm... Mean and... I don't know. I don't know on that one. I saw that this week and I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, that's a story I don't think I need to know. Uh, Purge 4 is going to be set on the first ever Purge night. Now, sure. you've apologized for several movies. Sure. I apologize for the fact that I do love the Purge franchise. I genuinely enjoy, like Saw and many other really shitty series. Sure. I enjoy these movies. Is it wrong that I'm excited about The Purge 4? No, I don't think so. I mean, they, they've done a very good job yeah. at least reinventing characters to put in this. The first one had Ethan Hawke. Yeah. And I think uh, Cersei was yeah. in it too, right? So, But then when you got Frank Grillo into it, and, and again, for, for him to take a good guy action role, mm. that, I, I'm like, he's good. He doesn't have to play a bad guy. Yeah. He, he's a good, good guy. I think what they've done is has been smart and plus they've since they've added it to their universal horror nights 100 percent. you know it's 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 part of their thing sometimes i always wonder about prequels that go back mm. but we'll see what happens the the blumhouse i never count blumhouse out they're very smart when it comes to the horror genre well Here's an exclusive, and I'm going to be I'm going to be talking about this on the show next week. I'm actually sitting down with Jason Blum on Monday. Really? We're having lunch. Wow. We're having lunch. It's nice. Hollywood. Uh, McDonald's? Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm not made of money. <laughs> Maybe a Carl's <laughs> Jr. Uh, yeah, so actually we're, we're meeting at Universal um, because obviously, as you mentioned correctly, uh, Blumhouse have a number of uh, mazes at this year's Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, Insidious? Is yeah, it, they've got Insidious, uh, which is... I, I can't say a lot, but I actually, about two or three weeks ago, I got to go and do a walkthrough of the mazes. No. I've been in the Insidious maze, and I've been inside The Shining. Uh-huh. Wow. And I'm going to address the camera in a breaking the fourth wall thing. If you can get a ticket for Halloween Horror Nights at, and I'm not being paid to say this, at Universal Hollywood this year, do it. If you want to see some of the greatest horror characters of all time come to life and scare the living shit out of you, this is the year to do it. If you're not in America, if you live in the UK, (laughs) if you live in Australia, buy a plane ticket, get here. Because this year is going to be perhaps the greatest year for Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, they do it. They it's do it seminal. They do it great. They do a great but job. They do a great job and every single year, but yeah. this year? You think? 
I, I went to Orlando like many, many years, year after year after year. I'd fly in from the UK. Right. I would do it every single year for like 10 years. Yep. I did last year in Hollywood and I was, I enjoyed it. It was really, really good. Yeah. This year, wild dogs could not keep me away. Really? This oh. is for me as a fan of the horror genre. Yep. It's it's my Christmas. It's my bloody visceral brain eating right. shit your pants Christmas. <laughs> well, you it's know, amazing. I was uh, I was at Scare LA, uh, oh, which is a yes. small little horror convention yeah, yeah. About, about a month ago, and um, the 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 designer of the mazes hmm. was he headed a panel, and apparently um, they they're doing Legends of Horror. Yeah, so they're going to do Freddy, mm-hmm. um, Freddy Krueger. Jason Voorhees and Leatherface. Yeah. And Chucky's and, gonna be in there as well. And Chucky. Yeah. And it's the Titans of I, Terror, the, they're calling the it. The Titans of Terror, but I was like, hey. I, I, I saw the gentleman after and I was like, dude, past couple of years you've been doing Halloween mazes. Michael how's Michael Myers not a Titan of Horror? Mm. Titan of Terror. And he's like, he couldn't come out and play this year. I said, What? <laughs> and he went on to say that This is John, John Murdy. I believe the creative director. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he did a great panel, um, talked about his job and gave us, you know, some some behind the scene footage. But he said, uh, yeah, because the new movie that's being worked on, Mm. they wouldn't let him in. And I'm like going, that's just silly because I'm like, Halloween's my favorite Mm. horror movie. And a few years back, they did the Myers house. Which, but that was last year. Like they, they basically got Halloween did the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it was Halloween two and Halloween four. <clears throat> okay, I think they they kind of combined. Okay, with that. But the Myers house was amazing. Mm. And again, being a Michael Myers, I just went in, came around, went right back up yeah. front again. And so I'm a little bit bummed that Michael Myers isn't part of the Titans of Terror because mm. I love all those. I'm just pleased that Chucky's in there. Chucky's getting recognition. I guess he's going to be driving a tram, too. He's going to be part of the tram ride. Well, I'm hoping so. I mean, last, I mean, I have a, I have a professional relationship with, with, with Eli Roth, and I think he did a great job last year. I cannot wait to see the Titans of Terror because they're doing a maze with the Titans of Terror, and then they're doing the tram tour. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward. Next Friday, Friday night, I'm going to the launch of Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, okay. um, And I cannot wait. To do I that. always, uh, when I go... Oh, by I the always... way, the guest list for that? Really? Holy shit. Really? Is amazing. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you. I'll be... Mr. Fancy Pants. I'll be in my backyard. I'll send you checks. It's fine. Yeah, please. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, but I do want to say, I, and if you do it, it's, yeah. I, I, the front of the line badge is... Buy it. Yeah. Seriously. So worth it. It's, so. it you will not regret. It's, it's not cheap. It is no. not cheap, but you will not regret that. Since you um, talk, go ahead. Uh, let's rip through some other stuff very yeah. quickly. Uh, more Pirates of the Caribbean movies, good or bad? Meh. You know, I, I didn't hate the last one. The ending of the last one saved it for me. Yeah. Because you had Kira Knightley showed up. Yeah. And that, to me, made the movie. Uh, if you can get the original Troika, if you can get Depp, Knightley, mm. and Bloom back in one way, shape, or form, get a get some good, solid writing. Try not to make it kid it down yeah child it down i'm not i'm not opposed i'm a big fan i'm a big disney fan i enjoyed the last movie more than i enjoyed the previous two pirates movies i thought it was fun yeah you know i don't mind if they do it just do it right um and again i think that that's a series where maybe they should just do one more say goodbye 
Drew Goddard um, going to direct uh, and write X-Force. Sure. Now, I spoke to Jeff about this last week. Cabin in the Woods. Love yeah. that movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty... I'm, I'm good with this. He's a good writer. You know, he yeah, gets it. Characters he's worked are with good. Jaws Whedon. I mean, yeah. he's... he's, he's why not? I'm good with it too. And I, I, X Men needs a needs a kick in the ass. It does. It does as a so franchise. Kind of... um, so I think the whole X world. Yeah. For me, I mean, I love First Class. Me too. I I love that movie. I mean, full disclosure, I worked on that um, from an editorial point of view, but I did love the movie. Right. Um, I, I I just I want to see the X universe back on track. Sure. I like I've liked the last. I've liked the the, the the you know Apocalypse and Days of Futures Past. Mm. I believe I, I like. I was the, not the a X-Men, fan of those movies, but I get moving. I, I get it. You know, and I'm sure Brian Singer's got to be tired, but you've got to give Brian Singer credit for what he created f- f- with the very first X mm. uh, X Men movie. Drew Goddard is just a natural, seems to be a natural fit on paper. Yeah, that he's going to do a really good job. Um, maybe they'll even get him to direct it because why not? I mean. Go with somebody who has a creative vision that knows these things and that you don't have to, you know, you can pay him in Disney dollars. Yeah. I mean, because you know what I'm saying? Like Mickey Mouse money. Get, right. So. Uh, okay. I promised on Twitter that I was going to drop some scoops and we have five minutes left on the show. Sure. So here are the scoops. Go ahead. I had a meeting with Sean Levy. Uh, right. You will know him from such movies as Night at the Museum, right. Date Night. Uh, uh, you know, Arrival, um, and also a little television show called Stranger Things. Sure. Uh, by the way, Stranger Things, um, it's looking like for either end of season two or season three, is going to be appearing on the big screen. Really? They're going to they're gonna do what they've done with Game of Thrones and oh, what they've okay. done. Yeah. Understood. So they're going to, it looks like they're looking at bringing it to IMAX or certainly something okay, cinematic, sure. which is pretty good. Uh, oh, we got nine minutes, which is really, really good um, because we have so much to get through. Um, if you go to Forbes and you search my name, Simon Thompson, uh, you will find um, two interviews with Sean Levy this week. The first one focuses on Stranger Things. Nice. Uh, it's going to continue past season three. That is confirmed by Sean. Okay. Um, I asked Sean if they're going to recast if they're going to relocate and if they're going to change decades he wouldn't talk about that okay so i think they're going to recast i think they're going to relocate <laughs> and i think they're so going to change decades the fifth. i think i kind of i kind of shat on my own barbecue at that point he was nice. like i'm not going to answer some of that question but i'm going to talk about some of that <laughs> so I would be very... Because my theory, and here's, here's my theory on Stranger Things. My theory is the fact that when the kids get to a certain age, right. when they go through puberty, they stop being able to connect... Okay, I understand what you're saying. ...with the celestial world. So I'm thinking, you recast it, you get more early teens, right. you then have a different location, doesn't mean the laboratory can't locate, right. doesn't mean the Down Under is going to... Sure. Okay. You can then connect it. You can take that for two, for three. Make it a nine. Okay. Yeah. Three different locations. Make it a trilogy in each place. You can have that. That's my theory. Sean has not confirmed that. What Sean has confirmed um, yeah, is the fact that uh, he was making a movie about Atlantis. 
It was going to be called, let me just pull my piece over here. Uh, not a euphemism. Um, it was going to be called, uh, uh, it was an Atlantis movie that was, and it's still on IMDb as in production. He is now not doing this movie. It is, Bummer. it's dismissed. It is not on the slate. He is not working on it. It is now dead. That's too bad. Uh, Uncharted, um, as we know, is going to be um, a Tom Holland vehicle. It right. is going to be a pre-game movie. Okay. It's going to be the young Drake. It's going to be his relationship with Sully. It's okay. going to lead into Uncharted. So it's not taking... Because I asked him about the, the whole sort of, you know, getting into gaming franchises, which tend to not do particularly no, well on the big so screen. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard to en- encapsulate that, you know, because I was bummed that... Uh, I was bummed that, uh, like, Bioshock, mm. which seems like a wonderful universe Didn't to happen. play in cinematically. Didn't happen. It couldn't happen. Yeah. So. Um, so the Atlantis movie is officially kaput, and you can get, if you want exact quotes from, from um, I know a lot of the media watch this um, watch this show. If you want uh, exact quotes, you can go to my pieces on Forbes to get those. But also, and here's the real exclusive, yeah. Sean and Edgar Wright are currently in discussions to work really? on a project together. A film or a television or Netflix? He wouldn't specify. Okay. Now, the way that I found out about this was I, I, I've, I've, I've had discussions with Sean in interviews many, many times over the years, right. uh, and, and the same with Edgar. At the Vanity Fair, after Oscar's party, right. Sean came out of the party, and I was working the red carpet, and shouted to Edgar, let's have lunch. Okay. We have something to talk about. That was in February. Since then... Sean and Edgar have been having a constant dialogue. They've been having lunch still. They've been having lunch. That's a long lunch. It's a long lunch. It's a long lunch. Who picks up the tab? Not I me. Pull it off to a studio. Which is fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but yeah, so Sean Levy and Edgar Wright are currently discussing working on a project together. Sean is a big fan of Baby Driver. He's been a big fan of Edgar's work for many, many years. As are we? Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe it's one the of, baby one of my favorite movies of the year. Same here. But I think that could be something really quite special. Could be. Yeah, could be I agree. very, very special. I agree. Um, that's something it's, I don't, I get kind of excited about projects, but that I would love to see. So he hasn't said what it is, um, but yeah, they are looking. Together. working together which nice. is amazing uh, so Atlantis fun. 7 is the movie that Sean is now no longer no working longer on working. quote unquote uh, not anymore it's off the table um, I don't even remember what it was it was an <laughs> Atlantis movie long gone so Atlantis 7 is lost still. Is, is, is lost still. It's, it's so underwater <laughs> so it's, it's awful um, okay so let's talk about a few other things it sure. comes out this week absolutely you saw it I, I saw did it. absolutely it's going to do amazingly at the box office it was tracking mm-hmm. for 50 million right it's looking like it could do 60 potentially 65 yep. it's going to be one of the biggest openings for September sure I mean full stop yep but I think it's it's stands to be one of the biggest openings of the year yeah, what and, do you and, think and consider, about it? Well, I, number one, I think Marvel did uh, not Marvel. Warner Brothers yeah. did an amazing job marketing this movie, um, and they picked a, a release date. We are we are literally in the desert right now as far as movies. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're talking Close Encounters. Not that I have a problem talking Close Encounters, but nothing really has come out. No. Um, Within the past couple of weeks, usually even on Labor Day, that was that used to be a popular time to mm. drop a B horror type movie yeah. out. 
So A, it's got no competition. The only thing I see sort of kind of dinging it maybe a little is we have the hurricanes going on. So that's in the news. Miami, well, a lot of movie like theaters in Florida have closed. actually shut down. Yep. They've closed so, them. You know, your top three chains, uh, they won't be doing business. That, that'll that hurt a little. Also, you have to take into consideration, it's 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 football Sunday, mm. first thing, and that's that actually dings into box office. It, it cuts in. Like, that drop, that Sunday drop is a little bit higher than what it would normally be because everybody's watching football. Yeah. It's the first, you know, outside of last night's game, it's, it's the first... Football Sunday. So uh, this is a rated R movie, albeit it's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do agree that it could potentially do 60. Um, and I think that Warner Brothers marketed it. They marketed it to everybody. And I think it's a safe horror movie. And what that means is you'll get people who don't normally go to horror movies are going to go see it. Yeah. Because of either the familiarity with the the, 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 the novel, the books. Yeah. Um, the marketing that they've done, the clown, Pennywise, mm-hmm. uh, it's scary to people. That, that That's something that everybody can have something in common with. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll even get a lot of women will go. There's this stand-by-me kind of um, part of, of this movie, and, and it's kids. I, I felt that a lot watching yeah. it this week. Uh-huh. I, it did feel like stand by me at many points for me with the movie yeah it's not the best horror movie of the year as, mm-hmm. as a horror movie i think i probably enjoyed annabelle creation i was thinking that a lot too. more yeah um the scares are good when they come but for me with it i was not expecting the humor mm-hmm. and i was not expecting the characterization right that we get it's very rarely that we get young people sound like an old guy i am an old guy um (laughs) you know that are good yeah and this it it delivered in ways that i was not expecting and ways that i kind of expected it to as a horror film it is not the scariest horror film when it scares it scares good agreed and that's why i think it's a safe horror movie yeah you you can get people like i said who who are not privy to go because mm. they, 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 they their predilection is not to go to horror movies they don't mm-hmm. like them but this one i think that they can go to because they'll like the characters 100 percent. and you know you you mentioned annabelle we, we we're lucky as horror fans i think because we've had really good directors yeah like who have delivered practical effects in camera they work with good cinematographers the direction here in it mm. is fine. It's simple. It yeah. tells. In fact, at the beginning, I don't know if you felt the same way, but for the first forty-five minutes, it was almost TV movie-ish. Mm. The way everything was framed, but things pick up as they go. And you're right; it doesn't scare often, but when it does, I was like, "Whoa, okay, that's rated R." I was like, "When is this movie going to be rated R?" Oh, okay. There you go. There you have it. In Thank my you. face, and, shat my and, pants. And, it, and, it, and it's worth it. Yeah. And I think they did a good job with the cast. And the other thing that I appreciated as a movie fan, and I think you will too, is fresh faces. Yeah. For the most part. I was like, it was, it was nice to not go, oh, I know him from, I know him, I know her. Yeah. So fresh faces. It was good. They were good. So. Uh, it is, is a definite see this weekend. Absolutely. And I think it will surprise you in many different ways. Uh, Dimitri, where can we find you on social media? Uh, Twitter. Twitter's it for me, at DMovies1701. Uh, please support me. Uh, when I tweet stuff, it's usually movie stuff. Very little 
outside of movies, it's usually uh, it's a lot of movie stuff because that's what I love. Do you know what? That's sometimes. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. Sometimes I'll comment and sometimes I just retweet. And what are we going to see on Anatomy of the Movie this week? Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Dude. I cannot wait to talk about this movie. Please hop over and That's going to be like a four-hour show, I'm guessing. I I just, I can't wait. It's it's so worthy of discussion and its history in cinema and that it's lightning in a bottle because movies like that, it'll never be made again this is meet the movie press jeff is going to be thank back uh, next week dimitri thank you so much for coming on uh, thank you i uh, hope the genuine, i really pre- appreciate you coming on i know I you're a busy guy no i appreciate you offering it truly is i always consider it a privilege to sit at this chair <gasps> and i really appreciate you i hope the audience didn't mind me at all and i hope i could, could contribute in a way thank you seriously so much for it's, it's been a great show i've really enjoyed having you here thank you uh, jeff much. and i are going to be back next week uh, in the meantime if you like the show subscribe tell your friends tweet about it tell your friends about it if you're on a subway take your headphones out if you're listening to it <laughs> stick the headphones in somebody else's ear spread the word we really really appreciate it yeah yeah maybe <laughs> wipe them before you do that some people are germphobic that's kind of weird uh thank you so much we'll be back next week uh this has been meet the movie press dimitri thank you so much thank you i appreciate it thanks from producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com i'm sir richard wentworth and this has been a presentation of the popcorn talk network the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals 